You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. Did you know that the Bible promises a time of permanent peace? Not a temporary peace, an everlasting peace. God desires his creation to be harmonious and peaceful. Peace only comes when there is righteousness and a rule of righteousness. And this is lacking amongst the nations today. World peace will begin at Jerusalem and people will learn that the righteous king responds to their needs removing anxiety and poverty. When peace does come on this earth, it will um, be um, preceded by righteousness, right ways. And the Bible, when it talks about righteousness, it's talking about God's ways. And so... At this point in time, we are far, far from that same situation, as I think we would um, all um, agree. Nevertheless, the day has been promised by the Lord that he will bring um, peace um, to this um, troubled um, earth. And so we um, move into our subject this evening by, first of all, um, considering the world today. What in, why is it that the world is not at peace? Men seek peace. Many sincere people earnestly work towards that end. And yet all the efforts and the, uh, everything that is tried um, fails because it is man-based and not godly-based. Well, the world today... Um, We'll um, summarise it, albeit briefly, on the screen because we all have um, the the press. We have um, all in all its forms: its digital forms, its TV forms, and and so on, and all the messaging arrangements that there are around the world. We know what the problems are, and we know that um, it's not news to us that um, the world is beset with constant fears and threats and threats of wars and also on top of that pandemic pandemics uh, just take the middle east for example iran um, and israel um, there's israel on a war footing prepared for what might come unexpectedly and suddenly upon them from the Iranian direction, um, judging by the things which the rulers of Iran have been saying for many years, in fact. The Syria and the uh, and the fact that we, we might perhaps will not forget it, but they have never ever signed a peace treaty with Israel and they regard themselves on a war footing with Israel. And so Israel, that little country in the Middle East, not much bigger than Wales, linking the land masses of Europe in the um, north and Africa, the African continent in the south, um, and indeed uh, it's um, bordering the Saudi Arabia and the countries to the east, 
that little country there is under threat on all sides. And on top of that, we have in the north, Russia, yes, a little further away, but Russia does share five, um, uh, is one of the um, <clears throat> uh, five, uh, there are five countries um, alongside Russia that share the shores of the Black Sea. And those countries are names which are cropping up in the news quite frequently now, Bulgaria, Georgia, Romania, um, Turkey and the Ukraine. And it's been the um, Russian um, foreign policy since the days of um, uh, Tsar Nicholas I, when he um, made the statement that it is their intention to be in possession of all the countries that are um, the, whose waters, um, the waters of the Black Sea lap on where, wherever the, they have beaches there. And they are progressively working towards that end. And so Russia is creeping north in a political sense with tremendous military muscle behind them. And these things are great fear, uh, present great fear for all um, thinking um, men and women. And then there's the Far East as well. Australia, uh, UK and the US have recently formed a military alliance. Why? Well, it's to counter the expansionist moves of China in the South Sea. Um, the Chinese are um, intending to um, uh, take, really occupy and take um, control um, of the uh, South China Sea. They have hostility towards the island of Taiwan. Um, they are indeed, and um, that's been there for 50 years or more. Um, and so the uncertainty of what the Chinese may do is a threat. It is an unknown factor. They have tremendous um, uh, financial muscle now, and they have uh, considerable military um, muscle um, also. And so the prayer of David uh, is our prayer that um, we look to that day when the days uh, when righteousness will flourish in the earth and under an abundance of peace. And, it, and our prayer is it would be as long as the moon endureth, use the words of, king, of, of, um, of the inspired writer King David. The moon is there. If the moon was not there, then this earth would indeed uh, end. Um, <clears throat> the life forms on it would certainly end. And so the moon has been set on its course um, in the heavens uh, with the finger and the hand of the creator. And these things uh, um, tra traverse on a journey round the sun. And so there is this prayer for peace, for continuing peace. But this peace that um, King David prays for is the time when this rulership, this dominion, will be from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth. In other words, wherever you're standing on the earth, there will be um, the, the kingdom of God, the peace that the Bible promises will endure. It won't be a peace in part of the globe, but it will eventually um, embrace the whole of the earth. And so men and women um, have been full of fear um, 
down the ages. Um, and today there is the worry about the lack of water, the lack of um, the, the uh, lack of food. There's so many people hungry and thirsty in the world. And on top of that, we have the plagues. And Jesus had this to say during his earthly ministry. Um, it's in Luke 21. I'm putting the verses up, so it's a kind of a notepad for you if it's helpful, if any of you were wishing to make note of the references to look at and consider later. And Jesus um, <clears throat> was speaking to um, his um, disciples when he was sitting in Jerusalem and they were admiring the temple, the temple site. And Jesus said to them, yes, the day will come when that would be destroyed. In other words, the uh, Israel would be invaded and that happened with the Romans, but that's another story. But Jesus did go on to say that the circumstances would arise in uh, that when nation would rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And so uh, the um, <clears throat> uh, we see that um, also that Jesus went on to say that there would be great earthquakes in, in diverse places. In other words, all sorts of uh, perhaps unexpected places. There'd be famines, <coughs> there'd be pestilence um, and fearful sights and great signs from heaven. Now, it's interesting that we uh, should note that in the second and the third centuries, the world, the Roman world was in absolute turmoil. Many cities being destroyed with earthquakes. If you go to on visits, perhaps you have in the past to Turkey, you look at Ephesus, you look at other places and they say, well, this was destroyed by an earthquake in the third century. So the words of Jesus have had a fulfillment. It's not that we are just trying to latch onto the words of Jesus um, for our own, uh, own convenience, but Jesus promised that this would happen and these things did happen. But um, before we um, go further with um, our subject, having looked at this fearful aspect to it of concern, it's been there all down the ages, certainly since um, Roman times down to today. But what was it like in the beginning? Go back to the beginning and we find in Genesis chapter one, we see that record of the um, hand of the creator creating on the various days of the week. And God saw that it was very good. It's almost a throwaway statement, and yet it's a breathtaking statement. But God did create man in his own image. Male and female, he created them. And then God gave them responsibility. He said, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. There's the responsibility that they were um, to have. It was over God's creation, the fish um, in the sea, fowl of the air, and every living creature that moved on the earth. And so at the end of that chapter, of that cha uh, first chapter of Genesis, the first book of our Bibles, um, of this, of this uh, creation account, we read in verse 31 that God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And so 
we just uh, can only marvel at the hand of the creator and the evening and the morning were the sixth day as we read. But what went wrong? Well, it didn't um, take long in our record, in our Bibles. We only, we need to turn first of all to Genesis chapter two and chapter three to see what went wrong. Well, God made the, uh, created the earth and all the flora and fauna and so on. And he made a garden, an area that appears to have been marked out called Eden. Um, and it was a place that for Adam and his wife Eve to live. Um, and everything that they grew there, the trees that were growing, everything was pleasant to the sight. It was good for food as well. It was an idyllic situation that God had um, given to his, uh, this first human pair that he created. And so in the middle of the garden, we learn there was a tree which they were not to touch. They had a responsibility to tend and to grow and to look, look after um, the creation that God had made. Um, but there was a tree that they were not to touch. But we're also told in verse 10 that there was a river that went out of Eden. And we're told that um, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't eat it. Because if you do, there's a consequence. And that is, first of all, you're breaking my laws, is what the Lord is saying. And to break God's laws would invite and bring death upon them. And sadly, that's what happened. They did choose to uh, disobey God, knowing the consequences beforehand, they were warned. And Adam and his wife um, were co-conspirators with this because Adam um, says that um, because he hearkened to his, vice, his, his wife, so he was looking to blame someone else as well. And they were together in this, um, in this sin. Um, and they ate of the tree, which they should not have done. And so the ground was to be cursed um, for their sake um, <clears throat> because of what they'd done. And in sorrow, they were to eat of, of, of the bread and so on, which they could um, gather all the days of their life, and it would be in sorrow, it would be with great difficulty. In fact, um, it goes on to say in Genesis um, chapter 3 that the thorns and the thistles shall it bring forth. So we have to contend with the weeds as we know. And in the sweat of thy face you'll eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it was thou taken, for dust you are, and unto dust you're going to return. And so that was the beginning. It started with perfection, um, which the Lord created, and Adam and Eve chose um, to cause a breach in that relationship, that unique relationship that they had with the Lord God of heaven, um, who frequented the garden because they were aware of his presence when they, Adam and Eve, walked in the garden. You get that in Genesis um, chapter 3. And so we find that um, 
humanity that followed, and we are all sons and daughters of Adam, or descendants that have come um, uh, down the centuries. And we find that the um, prophets of Israel, um, there were prophets who were false. In other words, there were men and women who didn't believe what God had said. Um, <clears throat> the prophets um, were concerning, made a prophecy concerning Jerusalem, Ezekiel 13. They see visions of peace for her. And there's no peace, saith the Lord God. You think of the consequences of sin when we read Genesis chapter 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 and so on. Chapter 5 is a great long list of names and um, perhaps we don't necessarily sit down and read them all through but each one it says and he died and he died and they were the firstborn of each generation of each of the families that are mentioned there. And so the Lord was making it very clear what he said was true, that they would die. And yet there were prophets in later times, like Ezekiel, um, who said um, <clears throat> that, there's, um, that there, they, they'd seen visions of peace, but there was no peace, saith the Lord. That statement that the prophet made and others made, false prophets, people cling to, well, there will be peace in the end. Men will solve the problems. We can save the world is what people are saying um, today. We can, we can make a difference. We can do thus and so. And I don't decry their efforts, but they cannot solve the problems of this world. God has decreed that the souls that sin will die. And so in Thessalonians, the message is the same in the New Testament. When people say peace and safety, when they think they've achieved it, sudden destruction comes upon them. And like a woman in travail with, uh, with a child, the a childbirth, um, it's not avoidable. It will come, but you don't know the time. But it is sudden destruction when people think they have achieved this goal of peace and safety. But listen now to the words of Jesus, rather than the false prophets of the Old Testament and of the New Testament. Those were just two representative examples. Luke 21, Jesus said, these be the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Now, Jesus was in this chapter still talking um, to um, his disciples outside of, um, uh, of uh, the temple site, which they were sitting in front of. Jesus was telling them that it would be destroyed. But he said the days of vengeance will be fulfilled. It's been written. Woe to them that are with child and give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people, that's upon Israel. And they were to fall by the edge of the sword. They'd be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem would be trodden down of the Gentiles until, in other words, this um, desolation of, Jer of Jerusalem, this treading down by many nations over the centuries, um, from Nebuchadnezzar, through from Babylon, through Nebuchadnezzar, through Egypt, through the 
Mamluks, um, and indeed particularly significantly the, the, um, the Medes and Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, and we're still living in that Roman world today because the next kingdom to occur, and it's in the book of Daniel with the image in chapter two, if you've listened to uh, other speakers uh, in the past, um, at Bracknell, no doubt they've spoken about that image, but the next kingdom after this iron and clay period, this, this period with um, Roman influence in it has come from the iron legs. The next kingdom is the kingdom of God. And so we, when the times of the, <clears throat> the, the, the nations, Jerusalem would be trodden down until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And so that was um, its um, fulfillment began certainly with the return of the Jew to the land to the establishment of the state of Israel. And in particular, when the Jews in 1967 took Jerusalem. And then the, it was Jerusalem um, that was in great distress. And this time will be fulfilled when the Gentiles no longer had rulership over Jerusalem. And that happened um, certainly as a matter of history with the, um, uh, in 1917, when the British um, troops with their allies took Jerusalem. And it was the Jews in 1967 in the Six Day War took, um, took Jerusalem and dominated it. And, they, and the, they regarded it as their eternal and capital city today. But, the words of Paul to the Thessalonians also are important for us to remember. The times and seasons, brethren, this is um, Paul writing to those who believe what the Bible says. You don't need me to write to you, he says. Be why? Because you know perfectly, way, uh, perfectly that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. It'll be sudden, like a woman taken in childbirth, that um, reference uh, we had a little earlier on. And it's when people say there's peace and safety, then this destruction will come upon them. And we see there is, to some extent, a break, break an outbreak of apparent peace, um, a delusion, um, an illusion of peace in the Middle East um, in, the, in, our, in our days, um, which we could say um, somewhat uh, more about. But the state of Israel itself is a sign that Jesus will return soon because the circumstances, and we're still in Luke 21, um, the circumstances in which the Lord Jesus Christ will appear will be this will be a time when there is distress um, on earth upon, amongst the nations and it's with perplexity. It's like the sea and the waves roaring. These are the signs in the political heavens, uh, sun, moon and stars, they're still in the same verse. And the nations will be in such a stew, there will be no way out. And so this chapter starts um, during Je Jesus' earthly ministry 
and takes us down to the time of Jesus' return and the circumstances in which the nations and the rulers find themselves with no way out. The re result is that their populations, men's hearts, failing them for fear, for looking after those things that are coming on the earth, because the powers of heaven shall be shaken. How will they be shaken? Verse 27, they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when you see these things come to pass, that's the time to look up, to lift up our heads um, for your or our redemption draws near. So it's a time to look up when men's hearts are failing them for fear. And the tragedy is that if men and more, if, if, if uh, men and women generally would read the word of God and embrace it, then they would not be amongst the populace whose hearts are failing them for fear. Because God's not willing that anyone should perish, but it will take the return of his son to bring peace to this troubled um, earth. And the Bible does promise that when this peace um, comes, um, for Zion's sake, as Isaiah um, tells us, I will not hold my peace. This is God. He's not going to spare. He's not going to hold back. His purpose is being worked out at this time. The nations are moving into situations and relationships with each other, some hostile, some um, less, less, less trusting of each other. But God will bring peace for Jerusalem's sake. The Lord's purpose will be fulfilled in the earth. And he, when he does it, um, it will achieve righteousness, which will go forth as brightness and salvation, saving of individuals from sin and death. It'll be like a lamp that burns. And so world peace will start at Jerusalem with the Lord Jesus Christ um, established upon the throne of his father, David, of King David. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations. Here's the challenge from a true prophet of Israel. Declare it in the isles. In other words, this message is for us as well. We're an island. All the Gentile world, in other words. He that scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. And so we are without excuse for doubting that God is working out his purpose in the earth because he has and is gathering them. The gathering's not complete. It will be completed when Jesus comes. That's another subject to um, pursue. It's all there in scripture. It's a complete picture. Verse 12 of the words of the trusted prophet Jeremiah because when they um, come to Jerusalem, they will sing in the height of Zion. In other words, they'll occupy the city of Zion, the city of David. They'll occupy Jerusalem and shall flow together to the goodness of the Lord. This is the blessing that will, uh, will be present in the earth for those, uh, through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ that there will be a blessing of goodness from the Lord, of wheat and wine and oil, 
the young and the flocks and so on. And their souls will be as a watered garden and they won't sorrow anymore. That's the future, but it's not that peace will start with Jerusalem. But the Bible does make clear that the judgments of God will fall on the nations um, first. Remember back in uh, Psalm 72, uh, verse, um, verse 4, I think it was, uh, we are told, he shall judge the poor of the people, he shall save the children of the needy, he shall break in pieces the oppressor. So when Jesus comes, it isn't something that peace doesn't suddenly break out. There's been a false peace, but the Lord will come to judge the nations and to bring righteousness and ultimately peace to the earth. And so the peace that the Bible promises us is described in this way. The work of righteousness, in other words, those who are living under the rulership of the Lord Jesus Christ, reigning from Jerusalem, the work of them living godly ways, right ways, it'll be peace, that'll be a consequence. Because if we follow the teaching of Jesus, we wouldn't be wishing to fight or to argue with our neighbour or to exercise envy or worse. Um, and there will be a quietness, the effect of this righteousness. There will be no anxiety and fear and sorrow, but there'll be quietness and assurance forever. My, peaceable, my people shall dwell in peaceable habitation, in sure dwellings, in quiet resting places. How could we possibly show it graphically? We can't um, um, begin to comprehend the beauty of the earth in the days when the Lord Jesus Christ comes. But there will be peace. There will um, be quietness. The rivers will flow. They will not be polluted. The um, trees will grow and the ground will yield its um, fruit in due season. And the animal kingdom will not be perishing of pollution that man has brought about on this earth. But there will be an abundance of food um, available and as, as our psalm, psalmist uh, David in his prayer prayed that the time would come when there would be corn in the earth, a handful of corn in the earth, but the handful would actually be in the top of the mountains. That's verse 16. And they of the city shall flourish like grass of the earth. And so there's a blessing through, with the food um, and its purity and its um, abundance from the Lord for those who by grace will be in that kingdom to come. And so God has promised peace forever. It shall come to pass as the tr another trusted prophet, Isaiah, like Jeremiah, not a false one, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. In other words, the house of the Lord is going to be the capital city for the world because all nations are going to recognize it because they're going to flow to it. Many nations will come and say, let's go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob. He'll teach us of his ways. And so we see there's an education of the 
population that's living on the earth um, in godless ways, uh, um, not following God's ways at this time. We see the mercy of God for those that who come through the judgments of the Lord, because there will be opposition to the Lord Jesus Christ. There are those who will declare war on him. It's in Revelation chapter 17. You can look it up for yourself. There will be hostility. But the people that come through this process will say, well, let's go up to Zion. Let's learn more about the ways of the Lord. And because his law and his word are going to go forth from Jerusalem. And he's going to judge amongst the nations in such a way that war and armaments will become a thing of the past. Nations won't fight each other, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so what must we do? These scriptures are very clear and very simple on what we must do. We must believe what is in the word of God and as a consequence of that, be baptised. As Jesus says, he that believes and is baptised will be saved. But if we don't believe, then we won't be saved. Um, you know, it's a foregone conclusion if we don't believe. But if we are baptised, then through faith and trust and, and seeking to order it the way we conduct ourselves, we will be saved because we have a merciful Heavenly Father and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, expressed that love during his ministry to the extent of laying down his life for us. And Matthew chapter six, another thing that we must do, believe, be baptised, but we must recognise knowing that God knows what we need even before we ask him. And so what we must do, verse 33 of Matthew 6, is to seek first the kingdom of God. That should be our priority in the way we conduct ourselves. Think the kingdom of God. Do that first. And think of his righteousness, what he requires of us. And if that's how we conduct our lives and seek to do that with all our failings, and we'd all fail, but there is mercy and forgiveness through Jesus with all that we um, seek to do, um, the blessing of the Lord will be upon us because everything that we need will be added to us because our Heavenly Father knows what we need. So world peace will be forever. Isaiah expresses it um, in this way, that behold, um, this is the words of the Lord, the inspired words, behold, I will extend peace like a river and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. And so there is a wonderful um, future in store for all who learn, believe and obey what God has said. And we must not forget to be baptised and love and obey what God has told us to do. Thank you.
Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at btf at cdvideo.org. If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.